0: For some, getting old can wake up a lot of fears. What have or haven't I accomplished during these past few years? I just turned 30 years old this past Friday and I have a lot to live for, but I can't ever forget. There was a point in time in my life where I was going to put an end to all of this. On the season finale, I share what I've won, what I've gained during the past couple of years, and what you can ask yourself as you grow up. Welcome everybody to the 20th episode, the season finale of Happy to Fail. A lot of emotions flowing here today as we conclude this chapter, but the story, ladies and gentlemen, the story most definitely continues because each and every Monday for the past 20 episodes, you and I have gotten to know each other just a little bit more. Hopefully you have been able to, after you you listen to an episode, talk to a loved one, talk to a family member, a friend, maybe You've even talked to yourself about ongoing struggles in life, mental health challenges that we're afraid to have real conversations about, but it's, it's recovery month, so let's continue celebrating everything. The fact that I just turned 30 years old last Friday was a really big deal for me, and before that, I do have a name, it's Juan Velas I am from Puerto Rico, and the fact that 30 years old is so special means that I'm not just 30 years old, because that's technically true, I've been able to live a lot in the past seven years. And the reason that I say that, at one point in my life, I made a goal to conclude with my life at 23 years old. Fortunately, I'm not that person. Fortunately, I failed miserably, in a good way, to complete that goal. And here I am today at 30 years old, married, I have a car, I get to travel, but most importantly, I get to know you. I get to talk to you. Sometimes you send me an email, Juan at happy to or you engage with me on social media, happy to fail. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you've enjoyed this ride that once again, it is not ending right now is the best time to leave a five star review on Apple podcast, Stitcher and or Facebook. If you do it on all three and if I ever meet you in person, I'll give you a double high five. Wait a minute. If it's a double, isn't it a high 10? I'm going to give you a high 10 because you are that awesome to me. And I really appreciate your support. But don't forget that this podcast is a personal journal. It is not meant to replace any kind of professional service. So if you feel like you're at a very emotional time and you want to help somebody, don't be afraid to contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And if you live in Puerto Rico like myself, You can contact AMSCA's 24-7 Crisis Line at 1-800-981-0023. Before we get to the rest of this episode, I do want to make a quick correction in that in the previous one, I talked about the list that I wrote in 2009, I said 14 pages. So I went back because as I listened back to this episode, I'm like, wait a minute, I can count and those were not 14 pages. So. You can hear these right now. I counted again, and they are in fact 20 pages about things that I did not like about myself. So you can check out the previous episode as well as the fourth one to get a broader sense of what I thought about myself back in September of 2009. But I just wanted to clarify the numbers because those are very, very important. But without further ado, let us get to the rest of this episode. I want to be able to talk about life in a very different way. I want to talk about what I've won what I've gained, especially during the last 10 years, talking about 20 to 30 years old, but then afterwards talking about specifically the last seven years. Because I, I was going to die by suicide at 23 years old, turning 24 was a really big deal. And I feel like every day after, I've thought about life very differently. So in general, what have I gained or won throughout my 20s? The first thing is embracing fear. When you live with obsessive compulsive disorder, you live with a lot of uncertainty. Your mind is constantly playing games with you, trying to break you. When I was a kid, the the person that I loved the most, whether it be my mom, whether it be a friend, a family member, whatever, my mind would always think about, what if they died? And that would instill a lot of fear in me. That led to a lot of tears, a lot of weight gain from the anxiety. During my 20s, I said, you know what? bring it on. You want you want to give me that thought? Give me all you got. Give me all you got. You know what? I want the extra large combo of fear because afterwards I'm going to throw it right in the trash. And once I began doing that embracing fear as opposed to hiding from it, I felt like I could embrace anything in my life. Think about your worst fear and think about how far you've gone to be completely the opposite of it, right? Sometimes people are afraid of heights. That's your biggest fear. You're afraid of spiders. Even talking about a specific fear can trigger you, right? But being able to manage that situation and instead of pulling away from it, you push towards it and then you see that you're alive, that even though you become very anxious, eventually the anxiety goes down. And that's something that's been incredibly helpful for me. Another thing that I've gained is that I've managed to make a lot of friends and and keep friends, but I've also had to manage losing friends, losing friendships, because look, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea forever. People have a taste that change, you evolve as a human being, and I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I can't talk about you, but I can't talk about myself And I know that because i become a very empowered person, I'm a person that's very responsible with my nutrition, with my self-care activities. So if Friday night for me is a self-care night, I don't care what you have to tell me because in order for me to be a better friend for you, I first have to be a better friend for myself. But sometimes people don't understand that and they move away from you. And at first, I gave it all to try and gain that relationship back, but then I kept thinking about myself. Why are you trying so hard to change for that person when that person can't accept you for who you are? And sometimes, and I've mentioned this before, you got to let it go, let it go, and keep going on with your life. Uh, I'm sorry. I know it's season finale. I've already sang before, you've probably cried, but I'm not going to edit that out. Another thing that I've talked about previously is that I love the job that I have now. Is it challenging? Of course it is. But sometimes in life, don't we want a little bit of a challenge? But on the flip side, I've also been open about the fact that I've had jobs that I've hated. And I I only talked about one of them, which was the, the knife selling thing. But it's the season finale, so let's share an embarrassing story. One time, I was a wedding videographer. I was the only one for this wedding. And I was doing the thing, going back and forth between the bride and groom, between their hotel rooms as they were getting ready so I could film a couple of things. So at one point, I knock on the door of the groom. He tells me to go in. And then he's in the uh, bathroom. He's uh, tying up his shoes. He's already clothed and ready to go. And whenever I'm recording, I get in the zone. So I only focus on what's through the lens of the camera. I notice that as my camera turns left, there's a mirror. And in that mirror, I see a human being in the shower. And if they're in the shower, that means they're naked. Now, it's at this point that I ask him again, do you want me to leave? He says no. And it's at that point that as I look away from the lens of the camera and I look to the right for just one second, I may have seen way more of this person's mother than I ever wanted to see in my life. Why? Why would you let me in? Your mom is taking a shower. If if it's like a cultural thing where that's acceptable, that's fine because you're her son. I'm not. I don't need to see any of that. Oh my goodness, people. I I need a moment. I'm not done. And she looked at me. We had eye contact and she just kept showering like nothing. Oh my God. Okay. No. The next thing. I managed to gain, lose, gain, and lose weight. Throughout my 20s, I managed to drop around 115 pounds, but I would sometimes gain weight because of the anxiety. Uh, I think that if you're obese and you're not careful, you can easily gain that weight. So I went from uh, going to a 275 to 155 throughout many years, not just in one year, but I did go back to 210, and then I dropped to 175, went up to 200. I think that now, this year, it's the longest that I've gone maintaining a steady weight, and not just that, but maintaining a healthy way of living. So what I learned within those 10 years is that there's something to always win or gain about any situation that's happening in your life. Every situation, because there, in that situation, you know which one I'm talking about right now, I learned that I am a resilient human being. I learned that I can leave a room and continue to do my job, despite the fact that I wanted to cry uncontrollably. And yeah, why? What have I done to deserve such a thing? So as a bonus, something that has been asked throughout social media is, how do you stay motivated, especially during the rough days? So within these past seven years, what has kept me motivated? The first thing is that I've been able to figure out that what's rough for me may not be rough for other people. Sometimes people at the end of the day will not be able to understand what it's like to live with generalized anxiety or depression or anything else that I'm going through. But on the flip side, maybe I can't relate to your story. And that's okay. Being able to accept that I don't understand is incredibly important because afterwards we can sit down and we can try to understand each other. But we have to have that base of, hey, you got to tell me every little detail because I just don't know. And by being able to embrace that, I've learned to not take it personally when somebody talks about mental health in a very uh, discriminatory way because I don't know where that person comes from. They probably didn't talk about mental health in their home. It's still not normal today. So imagine a 60-year-old saying, Oh, OCD, that's for crazy people. you got to shoot those people down. I've heard that. But if I'm offended and I don't sit down and educate this person I'm becoming part of the problem. So by being able to not take things personally and be able to have that conversation, even with somebody that you may see as an enemy, is incredibly healing and you are going to make some changes to other people's lives as a result. Despite all the empowerment, all the resiliency that I built up, it's important to recognize that anxiety attacks, in my case, can still happen at a moment's notice and you have to be able to accept that, to embrace, and to act upon it. Sharing something that happened a couple of months ago, I called a place, a nearby place, because it was a date night for my wife, usually on a Friday night, we order a carryout. So I called this place, and I go step by step. I even write down as I'm sharing the order, just to make sure I get everything right. I go to this place, the order takes a little longer than they said. I come home and find out that my wife's order is completely wrong. I was already anxious by the fact that I had to wait 20 plus minutes and they told me, despite the fact that the place was pretty much empty. But when I saw that the order was wrong, and I called them, and they tried to justify the action, saying, oh, you didn't specify, and I began explaining, I said this at this very specific time, you even asked me this specific question to which I answered this, therefore, the order has to be wrong." And I said it in a very respectful way. I don't like to be that person that talks to a a person on the phone or in person yelling at them or something like that. I believe that casual, moderately toned conversations can lead to positive results. But doing all of this and going through the situation, I I was driving to the place back. I was very upset. I needed to slow the car down because my attention span was a little bit poor. And I was on standby because to me, standby means... I'm not going through an anxiety attack right now, but I'm pretty close to it. So I went to the place and they still had me wait 10 more minutes. And there I lost it. Not physically, so nobody could tell, but when I went back home, I began crying uncontrollably. I even told my wife, I gotta go to the bedroom. Give me 10 minutes, I'm going to go cry on the pillow. And I cried and I yelled and I let everything out because that's part of an anxiety tech. And sometimes we try to bottle up that anxiety and that's the worst thing. So I found what has worked for me in those situations is to be alone in a place, be able to cry, let the emotions out, validate what I'm going through and, and understand that even though the way that I'm reacting is a little extreme, There's a logic behind my anxiety. There's logic behind me being upset and me realizing that throughout that process, that's what lowers my anxiety. So I've learned to be able to work on myself, even at my worst within the past seven years, I'm able to sit down and have that live conversation with myself for the coping mechanisms, to recognize that I don't have control over many things, that the same way that I have a podcast called Happy to Fail, where I've been open about the mistakes that I've made, other people are allowed to make mistakes. I think the challenge for me is when they don't accept those mistakes. And that's something that I have to work on because ultimately we can't obligate people to change who they are. We can influence them. We can show them why it's awesome to recognize mistakes, but sometimes they're not ready for that. Sometimes they're not ready to face the truth. And with that, it is time, my friends, to conclude the first season of Happy to Fail. I just want to say thank you. Thank you not just for listening to the episodes. Thank you for being a friend. Even if you've never written, I can see the numbers. I can see the patterns. I can see who's listening in terms of areas. And that lets me know that if you're coming back, that means you're going through a situation. And hopefully we are connecting. And this is making a positive change in your life. For the people that have sent me emails, sharing your stories, thank you. This lets me know that this connection is genuine. This is more than a podcast. This is a movement to continue to talk about recovery. Even though I am concluding the season of the podcast during recovery month, one of my favorite times of the year, Let's continue to talk about mental health. I have no doubt that people have me on my personal Facebook page and they have to get tired about me spamming the podcast or sharing clips, but I don't want people to continue dying. Within the past two months, I know of two people that have died by suicide and I always think to myself, what could we have done to let that person know that they are not alone? We all have the power. We all have the potential to not just promote a happy, healthy, and productive life for ourselves, but we can do that for other people as well. I am going to be back in around two months' time, possibly around the end of November. I'm going to be talking about some incredible experiences that are going to be happening at the beginning of November, plus my wife and I are going to be traveling to New York City. We're going to be going to New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, all that awesome stuff, I strongly suggest you follow me on social media. Happy to fail on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am going to be sharing pictures, micro-vlogging, talking about the importance of leaving your comfort zone and doing things like that. And that's not going to be part of the podcast, but more four- to five-minute things that we can talk about. And rest assured, on that first episode coming back, I'm going to give you a full update on what's been going on with my life At the same time, I want you to challenge yourself. You have two months to do something awesome for yourself, not for others, but for you. Send me a tweet, let me know, let me know as a friend, or even send me an email, juan at happytofail.com and tell me, Juan, this is what I'm gonna do in the next two months. Not only can that motivate you or me, that can motivate somebody on a completely different part of the world. So up until next time, thank you for being my friend being an awesome human being and taking care of yourself. And I will see you or hear you on the second season of Happy to Fail. Take care, everybody.